0: CND Arts Practitioner, Episode 2 The Cheapest Place You Could Find. The title for this month's episode was quite literally shouted at me by a seven year old during an evening drama workshop. We'll get to that later, but first up, I just wanted to say thank you to those of you who've commented on the first episode. Words like wonderful, great, and useful are a very encouraging start. Thank you. So back to this episode and the seven year old who inspired it. I was working on an evening drama project for children with additional needs. When we'd started, it was in partnership with a local theatre and we'd been working in a lovely studio space on site there. After a change around in staffing within the theatre, it was decided they wanted to utilise their space for hire, so basically we had to cough up or leave. To be frank, we couldn't afford it. We'd budgeted based on the space being free and there was literally nothing to spare. We looked for an alternative and finally came across a community centre that was so cheap it was practically free. The people there were lovely, but to be honest, it was a dump. Dusty floors, freezing cold, minimal natural light and plenty of old crisp packets blowing about. After about two weeks in, this seven-year-old boy, who I suspect was missing the vending machine at the old place, shouts, it's rubbish here, and I seem to remember trying to convince him of the good points, tricky, as there weren't many, which is when he uttered, my mum said, you got the cheapest place you could find. My heart sank. Obviously, his mum was right, but then I had this awful thought about whether she believed we were somehow suggesting that her child and the other kids that came too just weren't worth it. I felt awful. And since then, I've always been really aware of what a location or environment might say to people. It raises some really interesting questions for me about the value of place in creative practice. A sensible start to this conversation seemed to be speaking to Charlie Ward, who's the Academy Director at Mind the Gap Theatre Company in Bradford. They have a phenomenal, purpose-built space inside a converted mill, which is about as far away as you can get from a dusty community centre.
1: A palace is what we have. Um, Yeah, we're based in Manningham in Bradford and we have a fully accessible, amazing building. Our space and our ethos does kind of let, you know, people with learning disabilities either just come and engage in the arts and work at a level which is just fun and interactive and fully accessible or to kind of come and get that training that, that people want to then go on to, you know, professional work or, you know, the next step in their development and performing arts. We've been in this building for eight years um, and before that because this this venue wasn't ready it was kind of like a a small office space that had I think two kind of medium-sized spaces which weren't really studios were kind of just kind of maybe meeting rooms that were kind of just a bit bland and boring and not very creative. I mean you know we got we ran our sessions there and it was brilliant, but it's not until you kind of work in this environment and just be like, opportunities are endless really over the last couple of years the amount of individual stuff that our guys can do here like own ideas for projects and oh I want to be able to record that script and send it somewhere we can do that now whereas before in another building it was just a bit of a pipe dream yeah we can you can write that but we don't really have the facilities to do that so I suppose it kind of doesn't stop the creativity but it kind of limits you to where you can go with it whereas being here kind of almost makes kind of dreams happen a little bit a little bit well actually that's that's kind of realistic we've got the facilities to do that it's let's let's do it
0: so charlie seems to be saying that although creativity can certainly happen anywhere taking it to the next level becomes much harder without those additional resources And i have to say mind the gap studios really is a stunning space Perhaps the antithesis to that sort of environment is parachuting into a school, which I'm sure many of us do. You're very definitely a visitor in that context with the photo ID stuck to your chest to prove it. I asked our project's manager, Fran, what sort of impact she thought space had on practice in
2: a school's context? When we walk into a school, it, it does feel like it's it's their environment and not ours. The main thing to counteract that is that we create as much of a purple space as possible, even if we've got a very limited space, which is quite often the case. We'll put all the, the chairs out in a circle. So that as soon as people come in, it's a very, very different dynamic to what they're used to. Um, And it also changes the relationship between us and them, because then everybody's on a level footing. We're sitting in a circle. There's not the sort of teacher-student relationship that they're used to. For want of a better word, we use a lot of banter. So we kind of speak to the children more or less as if they're adults. We quite often work with older children anyway, with um, sixth form students. We want to create that relationship, a slightly different relationship, one where they can be a bit more open and a bit more free and a bit more creative we use a lot of multi-sensory approaches so we'll encourage people to use sight, sound, touch, taste and smell which isn't something that happens in schools generally and and I mean the teachers really get involved as well which is really positive and that does definitely encourage the children. So it, and they, I think they then see the teachers and teaching assistants in a different light as well and just for that hour that we're there it just feels like a different environment completely. Quite a few times teachers have said oh I didn't know that such and such would react like that we could do that couldn't we? And I mean that's that's the most positive thing I take from our school's work is that there's the legacy of that and the fact that t- teachers and teaching assistants' relationships with the children may well have changed and they may well be more engaged as a result of us going in.
0: This month we also went along to a performance at Castaway in Ghoul to get their reflections on the impact of a venue on their work. They recently moved into their very own place at Escort Street, so we started by asking what that meant to them.
3: Brilliant. Absolutely really? brilliant because it, it feels like we've got a place ourselves, even, yeah. though, even though we rent it off um, the person who bought it. But it's like it's nice. we have our, our own home, we yeah. don't have to go like
2: courtyard
3: place
4: place.
3: and childhood and things like that. I think, as well, what it the fact was that we was because it took us as a group and all the things that we have, it takes us so long to set things up. And with us moving it all from place to place, it was taking half an hour off the rehearsal period, which now it's already there, so we can go in and use it whenever we feel we need to rehearse anything a bit extra. It's nice of our own base and we can meet up with our friends and chat and things like that.
0: So there are both emotional and practical reasons captured there. Both a feeling of home and belonging, along with the time involved with setting up and getting out of a space regularly. When we listened to these conversations back at Purple Patch HQ, our business director, Jilly, who'd recorded the Castaway interview, ended up going off on what I can only describe as a rant about venues. Sorry, Jilly. I managed to switch the tape on and capture her in full force.
4: Every time I go to places that have their own venue, I'm just, I'm so jealous of the space and how, like they said, it's like a proper home. I spent the whole journey home from Castaway just daydreaming about what it would be like for us to have our own art centre and space. And then realised it was a stupid idea because obviously we'd need 10 art centres because we work in so many different locations. But, you know, it's it's actually not just the practical side of it. There's There's a kind of philosophical question for me, actually. Because on the one hand, having a venue or a studio is clearly amazing. But on the other hand, we advocate every day for people not to be alienated and excluded. And we've spent decades trying to get people with learning disabilities out of crappy day centres and into communities. So I don't know, isn't it then counterintuitive if we set up an arts centre that only people with LD access? Could we be seen to be segregating people and only working with them in some sort of silo?
0: It's an interesting question. Castaway is actually a great example of somewhere in between both a purpose-built space and a community setting. As Julie said, they have their own venue and workshop space at Escort Street, but they actually perform at the Junction, which is an art centre for the whole community in Goul. They describe the influence they've had there.
3: When this was built, Carol and Joe and the people who and the main leaders of castaway had meetings to to make sure that it was going to be obviously put ideas to the who was building it just to basically say well it has to be because we use it a lot mm-hmm. for performing it had to be accessible for what we
0: wanted so that's basically. It. of food for thought there. It seems that if your company or project can afford a beautiful or well-equipped space, you can expect to see the benefits of that within the creative activity. It also seems though that if you're in a less than perfect space, or indeed someone else's space, a way to make it feel like your own is to disrupt the usual pattern of things. Changing the layout or introducing new objects might be enough to make a big difference to the feel of the environment. Lastly, it seems that using mainstream cultural venues also has the potential to influence equality agendas, which is another interesting piece of the puzzle. We'd love to hear from you on this. What's the best or worst environment you've ever worked in? Would you rather have a purpose-built space or work in a mainstream arts venue? How can you make a dusty old hall feel like a creative home? Email us at podcasts at purplepatcharts.org or find us on Twitter at purplepatcharts with the hashtag purplepodcast. Next time on the SEND Arts Practitioner, we're going to be looking at performance, what it means to put things out to a public audience in an SEND arts context. We really want to hear from you, so do get in touch with your thoughts. Thank you to our contributors, Charlie Ward at Mind the Gap, Becky Mason and the team at Castaway, our project manager, Fran Rogers and business director, Jilly Briley. The SEND Arts Practitioner is a Purple Patch production supported by Cape UK.